Welcome back. Happy Thursday, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring filling in for Vince Morata. He'll be back next week. And our next guest, he's been the voice of authority in the Bay Area for decades. And he's actually a super nice guy, contrary to his reputation as being the curmudgeonly, cantankerous king of kvetching. <laughs> How's that for alliteration? Ray Ratto. How are you, Ray? Bickley, you social misfit. <laughs> that's that's putting it kindly, Ray. All right, well, we got to. It's good to have you, I Ray. Mean, I assume Murata's just quit. Yeah. I mean, he can't possibly be continuing to endure you. He's hiding under All his right, sheets right now, Ray. He's, he's, he's yeah, afraid he to come curled, out. Curled in a fetal ball. No uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, we got a football game this weekend in San Francisco. What what do you uh, what can you tell, if anything, from the vibe of the 49ers' mood and appetite to play football after what happened on Monday Night Football? Um, I think uh, it becomes much easier given the good news of the morning. Uh, which is that there's th- you're starting to see some considerable improvement in Hamlin's condition. So I think, you know, they, I think they'll be okay with it just because, you know, the news is suddenly good. And now, you know, the notion that, you know, that everybody had on Monday night that you might be looking at somebody dying on the field is beginning to fade. Yep. I mean, he's certainly not out of danger, but I, you know, I, I think it's, I think they will process it now because they'll be able to with a clear conscience that, you know, as awful as it was, it's not worse. You know, Ray, uh, moving to the game, Brock Purdy's numbers have been sensational uh, since taking over. Uh, I mean, from where you sit, is this a young man who's been blessed with a lot of pieces and parts around him and he's taking advantage of them to the fullest extent? Or is this a kid that you could see as potentially maybe being the team's quarterback of the future when it's all said and done. How are you processing that, even though it's only been four career starts? Um, Well, first of all, it has only been four career starts, um, so you're right there. Secondly, it's not like he's been overburdened by brutal uh, competition that has been testing him, um, which makes life much easier as well. And he is stuck on a team where, they have a very good defense, so he only has to put up 20 points a game to survive. And he's got Christian McCaffrey, which is way better than your average five-game suspension. Um, that said, he hasn't failed in this situation. His numbers look a lot, quite frankly, like Jimmy Garoppolo's, which leads me to a conclusion that I don't know if it's defensible, but it feels good to me, is that <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has noticed the carnage in the quarterback position um, over the last several years where a lot of backups get more run than they ever did before, either because the starter gets hurt or the starter becomes ineffective. So what he's done is built a team that is not entirely dependent on the quarterback saving their bacon week in and week out. It's a, it's a team that, you know, they, they, you know, all you have to do to win a game if you're, you're the 49ers is score 20 because the other team's not getting that high. And you also have in Christian McCaffrey a guy who makes the offense significantly simpler because he takes the decisions out of your hand a minimum of 25 plays out of the game. Wow. So in that way, Purdy is the beneficiary of a system that basically would allow almost any competent quarterback to thrive 
That said, he's a competent quarterback in a field of not very competent quarterbacks. So I don't want to minimize the credit he should get, but I also don't want to say this is the future of quarterbacking. What is going to happen? What do your instincts tell you will happen if if they get into the playoffs and then Jimmy G is suddenly healthy and ready to go? Do you stay with the guy that's been winning? What? How do you think Kyle Shanahan handles that if that is what is going to happen? Well, that sort of depends on how they look uh, in the playoff games going into that. If their offense is suddenly starting to struggle, um, you know, maybe he does go back to Garoppolo. One of the things that that I've come to learn over the years is that Shanahan is really good at not making a decision he doesn't have to make. Uh, he can wait on things. I mean, the, the Garoppolo thing is really instructive of that because, one, he, he went and took Trey Lance is the, is the third pick in the draft because he said, I've got to get another quarterback. Well, Trey Lance has not worked out for any number of reasons, most of them not his fault. But one of them, you know, which is, is that he has no real resume. So Shanahan, having taken a gamble and for the moment missed on it, you know, decided, well, I'll go back to the guy I had, which most coaches wouldn't do. They would, you know, they would make their position you know, they would make their situation at the, at the position worse. When he had the choice, though, he said, well, I've got a guy who isn't bad. I'll just go back to him, and he'll take much less money because he doesn't have any leverage, and I can get away with it. And he has gotten away with it. So I, I think what it is here is um, Shanahan will let this play out. And if Purdy looks really, really good – He'll probably stay with them. If he doesn't, you know, if all of a sudden the 49ers have to win 17-10, he'll go back to Garoppolo. I think he can keep an open mind because he's got the luxuries of McCaffrey in that defense. And he relies on him because he knows, as anybody who's paying attention knows, is that's how they're winning. They're not winning because Brock Purdy is magic. They're winning because Christian McCaffrey can't be tackled, and the 49ers do nothing but tackle. Yeah, right. Right. That's very and, true. And, and, Ray, that was a perfect lead into my next question. They, they would love to have, the 49ers would love to have the, the number one seed, but if they do have to go on the road, and, and, and if they advance to the championship game, and the Eagles do as well, a couple big ifs, of course, but if that were to happen, this team's ability to go on the road in, in an NFC championship game, they, what they always say, pack your defense, pack your running game, pack your special teams, the 49ers check those boxes about as well as, as anybody. I mean, can you poke holes in a reason why this team couldn't win a game like that on the road? I, I can't, except for quarterback, well, I guess. I, I could because I'm mean-spirited and hateful. <laughs> and if anybody hateful. can, it's you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no I, I think, you know, I think that the, the difference between the Eagles and the 49ers has narrowed in the last three weeks, obviously because Jalen Hurts has been hurt. But as I look at this team, you know, I find that here's what they've done since, you know, since the end of October. They've given up 14, 16, 10, 0, 17, 7, 13, 20, and then the anomaly against the Raiders. So, in other words, I think they can hold anybody down. Uh, the question becomes, can they, you know, can they keep track of the ball when they have them? when they have it, because their points since the end of October, 31, 22, 38, 13, 33, 35, 21, 37, and 37. 
So without having a spectacular, you know, player who just electrifies the game and puts up multiple touchdowns, they score a bunch. Um, and because they're probably the only really good team in the league that is guided by its running game rather than its passing game, they can hold the ball for 37 minutes in a game. And I think that makes them, that gives them a better than just a counterpuncher's chance on the road. Um, I think the, the, the Eagles would give them trouble because their, their defense is also excellent. Uh, I think the Cowboys could give them trouble because the Cowboys can score 40 with the best of them. But I wouldn't put them as a significant underdog against any team except maybe Kansas City. All right, finally, Ray, on the way out, I want to ask you about this because uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Dubs, the Warriors, they're both tied uh, for the final spot in the Western Conference. We're dealing with a lot of weirdness here without Devin Booker. Give us a brief update on the state of your basketball team, the Golden State Warriors. Well, they're not my basketball team. They stick me. No, I think they're, they're really simple to figure out. If they hold a team to 110, they win. If it gets to 120, they lose. And the thing about the Warriors, since they started winning championships, is that they win because they are not only an elite offensive team, but an elite defensive team. And this year, they've been a terrible defensive team, which is why they're 20 and 18. Um, I mean, last night was an example of that. They're playing the worst team on God's creation in in Detroit. (laughs) And they can't keep them from getting 120, and they lose. And they deserve to lose. The fact that they haven't figured out how to get their younger guys to be consistently good defensively has been one of the most irksome things that Steve Kerr has dealt with. And as long as that is an issue, they're going to be a play-in team. They're not going to be a top six team. If they figure it out and they get healthy, I think they can be good as anybody in the conference. But it, it really is it really is starts ends and is predicated on their ability to stop other teams yeah interesting all right no matter what they say you are the best right thanks as always for your time Wait, what about the what about well aren't we talking coyotes <laughs> i want to talk carl Vimalka. <laughs> he's been really good man he's been really good you've got to see a new game in the mullet arena it was named after me ray you got that right. Mallet, more like. <laughs> I will see you later, Ray. He is yeah, Ray. Get lost. See you. <laughs>